This is Earth Files, the award-winning news site with the latest updates in science, environment, and real X-Files. Podcasting in-depth reports beyond the 6 o'clock news by Emmy Award-winning journalist Linda Moulton Howe. Hi, everyone here and around the world. Where we left off last week was a new cycle of bloodless, trackless cattle mutilations in east-central Texas, in which an eighth cow was found Monday, April 24, 2023, in a series of mysterious livestock deaths near Texas OSR. That is the old San Antonio Road that runs around Madisonville, Texas in Madison County, a ranching community of about 5,000 people. And along the Texas OSR is where eight bloodless, trackless cattle mutilations have been reported publicly since April 19th. Madison County Sheriff Bobby Adams sent out an April 19th, 2023 press release to announce the discovery of dead and mutilated cows in three counties, Madison, Brazos, and Robertson. Each of the six dead cows were found in six different pastures in those three counties. Sheriff Adams reported in a press release, quote, Ranchers advised a six-year-old longhorn cross cow had been found lying on her side, deceased and mutilated on their ranch. A straight, clean cut with apparent precision had been made to remove the hide around the cow's mouth on one side, leaving the meat under the removed hide untouched. The tongue was also completely removed from the body with no blood spill in each of those cows. It was noted there were no signs of struggle and the grass around the cow was undisturbed. No footprints, no tire tracks were noted in the area. Ranchers also reported that no predators or birds would scavenge the remains of each cow, leaving them to decay untouched for several weeks. While looking into the Longhorn Cross death, five other similar occurrences involving four adult cows and one yearling were reported along that area of OSR running into Brazos County as well as Robertson County. The other cows were found in the same condition, lying on one side with the exposed side of their face, cut along the jawline and the tongue, once again completely removed. On two of the five cows, a circular cut was made removing the anal flesh and the external genitalia. This circular cut was made with the same precision as the cuts noted around the jawlines of each of the six cows. Just like the first, there were no signs of struggle or disturbance in the grass, no blood spill, and no noticeable tracks. No predators or birds would scavenge the remains for several weeks after death. And the cause of the death of all the first six cows and the next two for a total so far of eight, all impacted the same, is still unknown. 300 miles northwest of Madisonville, Texas, over the border in Temple, Oklahoma, Cotton County, a woman who has raised half a dozen cows as pets was shocked and devastated when she found on April 24, 2023, 
at one o'clock in the afternoon that her year-and-a-half-old black-and-white Holstein sired by Angus, dead and bloodlessly mutilated. The young cow had been fine the night before at feeding time, and now she was lying on her left side with the right side facing the sky. About half of the right cheek and jaw flesh had been excised along with the tongue and the right eye. The rectal tissue had been smoothly cored out about five inches deep without any blood or tearing of the flesh. It was all so bizarre that the owner called the Oklahoma Mutual UFO Network's MUFON State Director Mindy Topfest. MUFON has long investigated bloodless, trackless animal mutilations that began being reported in the 1960s in various parts of the world. Some ranchers and law enforcement have even reported strange beams of light coming from the sky down into pastures, provoking the Colorado Springs Gazette to publish this cartoon in their newspaper back in the 1980s. The next day, on April 25, 2023, Mindy Topfest drove to the Temple, Oklahoma pasture to take photographs, and you can see her in the left doing her good work, to collect tissue samples also for lab analysis. And then on the evening of May 1st, 2023, I talked with Mindy about her MUFON investigation and learned that the FBI had entered the Texas Animal Mutilations Investigation. I was talking with the Texas State Director, Ken Jordan, of MUFON, and he advised me that down in Texas that the FBI has now taken over the investigation and that they have been speaking with the ranchers and asking them not to discuss it any further. So I don't know how that's going to interfere with the MUFON investigations going on down in that area, but we do know that the FBI is now taking charge of the investigation there. We have not been contacted here in Oklahoma, and my witness here has not been contacted as far as I'm aware. Did he have any other details from a rancher or anyone who was affected by this announcement that the FBI was taking over the investigation and coming in and trying to shut everybody down to have them stop talking? Yes, he relayed that there was at least one rancher he was aware of that was told to not be speaking about it anymore. I was able to confirm through a Madisonville, Texas source that it's true the FBI has taken charge of the Texas mutilation investigations. That means less news reporting, but I strongly feel we should all know the truth. And that is why tonight I want to share with you a few of my experiences in 1993 when I was investigating dozens of bloodless and trackless animal mutilations in Alabama linked to the presence of UFOs in the night skies. The end of January 1993, the same time that Sue Johnson and the Twilley family encountered lights near their homes, 
this black Angus cow was found dead in Dawson, Alabama. Its tongue, rectum, and vagina had been removed, and its right jaw had been stripped of all flesh. Fife police officer Ted Oliphant found a substance similar to putty on the right rib cage and on the ground near the cow's head, which he collected and had analyzed. Under an electron microscope, the substance appeared as triangular-shaped flakes. Analysis of its composition indicated aluminum, silicon, titanium, and oxygen. It was not a naturally occurring substance, and the question remains, what manufactured product containing titanium would be found on the ribs of a mutilated cow? Similar putty-like substances have also been found on other mutilated animals, like this young heifer in Sterling, Colorado, discovered dead on October 10, 1978, with a putty-like substance laid in two parallel lines on her back. The cow also had a typical pattern of excisions. Her lower jaw had been stripped of all flesh, two of her four teats had been cleanly removed, and the rectal and vaginal tracts had been cored out. That typical pattern of excisions has been repeated over the decades since the 1960s. And occasionally, there are even stranger anomalies, like this pregnant cow found in Arab, Alabama on February 4, 1993. Her udder had been removed, and the head of her unborn calf was partially outside the birth canal. The calf's left ear and left eye had been cut out, and a circle of flesh excised from around the empty eye socket. Unfortunately, no medical examination was performed, nor were tissue samples collected from either the calf nor the bloodless hole where the udder had been. The Alabama case reminded me of other pregnant cows found near Hope, Arkansas in March 1989. Something cut open this pregnant cow, allowing the unborn calf, still in the placenta, to slide out onto the ground. A local newspaper photographer who took this picture said, there was no blood or fluid on the ground or on the body of the cow or calf, and the placenta was completely dry. This photograph shows the large, bloodless 18-inch by 22-inch cut in that cow's belly. Dr. Altshuler received tissue samples from this mutilator's cut for microscopic examination. He found that the cut had been subjected to high heat, hot enough to cook the hemoglobin, as shown in the orange areas of this photomicrograph. In contrast, this is what normal cow tissue looks like. By February 1993, many more unusual animal deaths and strange moving lights had been reported in northeastern Alabama. My video crew and I had been waiting for a call from local police about any new mutilations so that I could have professional medical tests done on a fresh animal. Finally, on February 25th, my last day in Alabama, and after the video crew had gone home, I did learn about a new mutilation in Sylvania near Fort Payne. The farmer, Kenneth Highland, told me that law officers and a local veterinarian had come and examined the cow and told him that coyotes or dogs had chewed off the udder. When Mr. Highland argued that a knife had cut the udder, the law officers told him to bury the cow and forget it. I explained to Mr. Highland that I was trying to get tissue samples from mutilated animals for medical study and asked him if he would dig up the cow that he had buried only hours before. I think because he was angry about the predator explanation, he agreed. By the time we got to the pasture, it was dark, snowing, and the temperature had dropped into the 20s. 
The only light we had was from the truck and flashlights. And the only camera we could find was a video camcorder the Weekly Post editor, Carrie Baker, borrowed and operated for the first time. Do you think that law enforcement or people have been trying to cover this up? I would think a three-year-old kid could tell that was cut away myself. But from your point of view, this was cut with a sharp instrument. I think so. And Mr. Highland was right. We cut two tissue samples from the mutilator's excision and sent them to Dr. John Outschuler in Denver. Microscopic examination confirmed the tissue was cut with a sharp instrument. That was the end of February, and law enforcement was busy for several more weeks checking on other mutilations and strange light reports. In Fife, Alabama, on April 7, 1993, the Fife Police Department held its first official press conference about animal mutilations. Media came from Alabama and surrounding states. Beginning in November of 1992, the Fife Police Department has been conducting an investigation into unexplained cattle mutilations. We've been doing this with cooperation of local police departments and other law enforcement agencies. These reported incidents began on October 20th, 1992, and have continued through last week in Marshall and DeKalb counties. To date, over 30 animals have been discovered dead in pastures with various internal and external organs missing. The incisions examined on these animals exhibit precise surgical cutting. In many of the cases, there has been evidence of extremely high heat on the tissue samples. <clears throat> Dr. Jim Armstrong, Auburn professor of zoology and wildlife science, agrees with us. He states, quote, it would be obvious if a coyote had been tearing through. The wounds would not be similar to a smooth cut. Coyotes bite through and pull and tear away at the flesh. It would have a chewed on look. There are other scavenger animals such as vultures that will eat at the softer regions of a cow, but there's not gonna be these clean surgical type cuts. There is no way a coyote or other predator inflicted those wounds. Can you speculate what type of high heat source would do that? Any idea, did the, did the uh, universities give you any indication? Speculation and hypothesis are not part of our criminal investigation. Uh, we're not going to guess on what's happening. All we're going to do is base our conclusions on the evidence that we've gathered and from witness testimony. We don't know what the uh, source of the high heat is, but we certainly would like to know what's inflicting damage in excess of 300 degrees on the tissue of these animals. What do you think? I have no idea what's doing it to these animals, but I think we should find out. Is that, do you think that's possible to find out? If it's been going on for so long across the, the nation? If you look at the statistics, I think our chances of catching the perpetrator are going to be very difficult, but if we don't look, we'll never try. What would you tell people with this information? What would you tell farmers who are scared to report this? Now that this is out, what do you hope people walk away from here with? They can report their animals anonymously. We want to get the information about the case. We want tissue samples from the animals if it's a fresh kill. We want to take pictures of it. We want to have professional analysis done of any evidence that could be recovered from the scene. We want to help the farmer but we can't do it unless he contacts his local law enforcement agency and requests that somebody come out and take a look at his animal. On June 16th, the last reported Alabama mutilation in 1993 occurred at a farm in New Harmony. Round circles of tissue have been taken around each teat. The rectum was cored out and the cow's jaw tissue had been stripped. Local cattle farmer A.D. Hotchins told the Weekly Post newspaper, I couldn't have done that smooth a job with a razor blade. 
the weekly post in Rainsville, Alabama, near Fife, has been the local chronicle of strange events, and editor Carrie Baker is puzzled by the animal mutilations. In places where the cattle have been mutilated, there's not been any footprints, any tire marks. Uh, the lack of circumstantial evidence here, I think, is a, a bigger story than the circumstantial evidence. Uh, there's been a couple of cattle that have been mutilated after rainstorms, and there were no footprints, and there were no tire marks left. Uh, I think it's more the lack of evidence here than it is the presence of evidence. You've been here through all of this phenomenon from 89 to 1993. What is your own personal perspective? The more open-minded people could be concerning whatever phenomena this is, the more they would begin to understand that maybe we're not alone. And there's a possibility someone speculated that they were doing this, that there are entities from another world who are gradually presenting themselves to us. As 1993 ended and 1994 began, animal mutilations were reported in Colorado, New Mexico, Nevada, and again in Alabama. The Alabama animal showed evidence of high heat where the tissues had been cut. More half-cats were reported to the Animal Control Office in Vancouver, Canada, and over 200 dogs vanished without signs of struggle from neighborhoods in North Georgia, east of Fife, Alabama. An increasing number of veterinarians have been helping research the phenomenon. In addition to the substantial physical evidence in all the animal bodies and confirmed medical abnormalities, there are also several eyewitness descriptions of non-human entities seen with animals that either disappear or are later found dead and mutilated. Even though eyewitness descriptions don't prove a link between animal mutilations and an alien life form interacting with our planet, I think it's important to consider what people report. Recently, I interviewed Oregon resident Dwayne Wright, who met one rancher who described seeing glowing round disks pick up cattle. As this audio tape begins, Mr. Wright talks about standing next to a dead and mutilated cow at Sand Springs, southeast of Bend, Oregon, in the early 1980s. The animal was pressed into the ground as if it had fallen from considerable height. The elderly ranch hand, who has since passed away, told Dwayne Wright what he had seen and heard. Mr. Wright is speaking on the audio tape. And he said they, they came at night, the cattle were just drawn up, they floated right up off the ground. He'd, he'd seen it happen, and he said that sometime later they just dropped them back when they were done with whatever. Uh, they were dropped back down either under the desert or through the trees into the forest, and he said you could hear them at night making horrendous crash through the trees. Animal bodies falling through trees into the ground after floating upward into the sky is difficult for most people to accept, especially when no one wants it to be true. However, people have been reporting incidents since at least the 1960s, which link discs and alien life forms to animal mutilations. I would now like to share with you a brief summary of some other eyewitness encounters, understanding that harder proof is still needed, but the accumulating pattern of events deserves reporting. One night in 1975, 
a small being was standing at the gate entrance of a horse farm in Missouri. The owner, Carl Arnold, and his son could clearly see the entity in their car lights. That same year, Mr. Arnold saw a round silver disc in his horse pasture. After it was gone, the grass died in a perfect circle where the disc had been, and the soil became hard like ceramic. The Arnolds found five of their horses, including two 24-hour-old foals, dead and mutilated with cuts they described as smooth as a hot knife through jello. On a July morning in 1983, Ron and Paula Watson of Mount Vernon, Missouri, saw this scene through binoculars in a field across from their farmhouse. I said, look, Paula, there's something back there. Look at this. Look at this. And she took the binoculars and looked through them. I took them and I looked and I saw this big black cow laying down with its mouth. And I said, my God, they got a cow. But what are they doing to it? And it was just laying there. And it's had its eyes open and its tongue was like hanging out a little bit, not real bad. But it just laid there and didn't move. And they just were running their fingers over it like that and the, running them down it and looking at their fingers. The cone-shaped object was nearly invisible, they said, because the surface was like a mirror that reflected all the leaves, grass, and sky like perfect camouflage. The two small beings floated the black cow out of the pasture into the object and then everything disappeared. The owner of the cow did confirm that one of his black cows was missing and never returned. In May 1973, Judy Doherty and her teenage daughter Cindy encountered a moving light and under separate hypnosis sessions, each recalled seeing a brown and white calf rise in a pale yellow beam of light. In her 1990 hypnosis session, Cindy said, It's a calf about halfway up, mm -hmm. up in the air. And it's in this light and it's moving around. It's trying to get away. It's trying to get, get out. It's scared. Mm -hmm. I guess it's afraid it's going to drop. Cindy remembered that she had been lifted in the beam of light also and described non-human creatures who examined her. Cartoon bug characters is what they look like. Cindy could also recall a different being that resembled a snake. In what way? The pupils. They got the long, long pupil in them or something like that. Mm -hmm. yeah, they looked, they looked just almost like a snake like a lizard or something. I can see an animal being taken up in this. I can see it squirming and trying to get free at watching how they excise parts. You see the animal being cut up? Yes. Mm -hmm. They have very large eyes. They're very hypnotic, like they're so big that, and they don't blink. Their eyes do not blink. It's almost like, a, I guess, a snake. They were very snappy about their movements, and they knew exactly what they were doing, and I felt a little better because I, for some reason, they projected that it was necessary this be done. Why would something from out there keep taking parts from animals decade after decade one woman in Missouri named Jean Robinson says she has encountered non-human entities who have communicated about animal mutilations. Here are some excerpts from her notes. 
We use substances from cows in an essential biochemical process for our survival. The material we use from cattle contains the correct amount of protein substances needed for biochemical absorption. While we respect all life, some sacrifices must be made for the preservation of other species. Continued sampling will increase as the need increases. Perhaps military and intelligence personnel in the United States and other countries have long known that an alien intelligence is responsible for the highly strange cases of bloodless, trackless animal mutilations. Perhaps officials are afraid of public panic and outrage if that fact were known. Perhaps that is why Air Force Office of Special Investigations agent Richard C. Doty told me on April 9, 1983 at Kirtland Air Force Base in Albuquerque, New Mexico, that documentary you did, A Strange Harvest, upset some people in Washington. They don't want animal mutilations and UFOs connected together in the public's mind. I think the government knows a lot more than they're letting us know. And I think that they think that it would panic the people, um, have total chaos if the people knew what was going on. I am convinced that we humans are not the only life forms in this universe, and I am convinced that several different species of other intelligences have been interacting with our planet, some peaceful and some hostile, over the past 278 million years. That timeline was given to me in December of 1999 by a Defense Intelligence Agency analyst. So earlier this week, when I learned that NASA astronaut Edgar Mitchell from the Apollo 14 mission to the moon was asked if he believed there was life on other planets by a London Kerrang! radio interviewer on July 23, 2008, I wanted to share astronaut Mitchell's answer that I had never heard until this week. Oh, yes, there's not much question at all, but there's life throughout the universe. We're not alone in the universe at all. They've identified quite a number of planets now that very likely could be life-bearing planets. And uh, I happen to be privileged enough to have been on the fact that we have been visited on this planet. And the UFO phenomenon is real, although it's been covered up by our governments for quite a long time. It's been well covered up by all of our governments uh, for the last 60 years or so, but slowly it leaks out, and some of us are privileged to have been briefed on some of it. I happen to have grown up in the, I don't even know whether you know this place, Roswell, New Mexico, where presumably the Roswell incident of 1947 took place, but I've also been in military circles and intelligence circles that knows beneath the surface of what has been uh, public knowledge. I have been deeply involved in certain committees and certain research programs with very credible scientists and intelligence people that uh, do know the real inside story, and I'm not uh, hesitant to talk about it. You know, we have been visited. There's quite a bit of contact going on. The fact that we have been visited, the Roswell crash was real. A number of other contacts have been real and ongoing. 
is pretty well known for, for to those of us who have been briefed and been close to the subject matter. So why is it being covered up then? It, it, why is it that it's not mainstream? Well, that, the reason for that goes back to the, the main instance really started taking place after World War II, when in the United States, at least, I can't speak for the European government or the South American governments, all of whom have recently started opening their files. Certainly, we've already had it in the last few years from the Belgian government, the French government, the uh, Brazilian government, the Mexican government. They've opened their files and admitted that they had the files. The public awareness of it is increasing. The public acceptance is increasing. The amount of misinformation and covert attempts to cover up seem to be decreasing. It's, uh, I, I think we're headed toward real disclosure and some very serious organizations uh, moving in that direction. They do know that there has been, or accept the fact, that there has been visitation and that there's UFOs in the skies all the time that are very likely alien craft. What do you think the intent of the uh, aliens is? Is it hostile or peaceful? No, no, no. It's, it's uh, not hostile. It's pretty obvious that if it were hostile, we'd have been gone by now. <laughs> really? I mean, what? I... <laughs> we could have been. Wow. We had no defense, if that's what the real intent was. And what are we talking, what do they look like? Are we talking like, you know, the traditional well, you, sort of... You've seen some of the pictures. The pictures that I know of, some of them are little people that look strange to us. As far as I know, from my... From my uh, contacts that have had contact uh that looks that's pretty accurate wow do you think other people who were involved in the moon landings know about this some of them do but again it's like other people if you're interested enough to dig into it and want to know about it you can know about it I hope you all will let me know about any strange, bloodless, trackless animal mutilations, including the half-cat mystery. Report it in your local area and leave a message for me in our Earth Files YouTube comments. And if you want to see more of my documentaries, please see the earthfiles.com page at earthfiles.com and the Earth Files shop. And Ian, I wonder if you could inquire in the chat about what everyone thinks could be behind the worldwide bloodless, trackless animal mutilations since the 1960s to date. I know that it is very difficult to report about animal mutilations because even though there's not blood and there's not signs of struggle, the excisions are hard for some people to look at. I have done uh, two documentaries and many other projects on animal mutilations and have always wrestled with how much do you show the public and not cross a line where people would be upset. I hope that that has happened tonight. I have tried to do this carefully, but if you don't understand all the parameters of what has happened to these bodies and what happens in laboratory analyses in which you end up proving that the excisions have been exposed to high heat that cooks the collagen and cooks the hemoglobin and that you look at the excisions where they are and how they are made. That has always been at the heart 
of why animal mutilations have stood apart from most everything else. And at this point in 2023, as we go forward, it is possible, like it has been since the early 1960s, animal mutilations have come in cycles. And the cycles have come in various parts of the world. Sometimes it has been in uh, the Calgary region in British Columbia in Canada and has then moved out into provinces from there. When I was uh, doing all of the TV work in Denver, there would be ranchers and ranchers who had mutilations in the same pasture, the same hill, the same area, year after year after year, sometimes four to six years. And then they would not have any more. So this is both cyclic and Personally, I came to begin looking at maps, thinking about grids, latitude and longitudinal grids. There were many phenomena that were associated both with the animals as well as their bodies with the excisions. That seemed when you went to a large map and you started doing a lot of points, that things would come in kind of lines horizontally or vertically. And I always wondered what would be happening on the other side of the world if you could run a point, say, from Madisonville uh, right through the earth. Where would it come out on the other side? And was something else happening on the other side of the world? I'm not the first one to suggest that there is some kind of a grid pattern and that within that grid pattern from the other intelligence's point of view, there are cycles in time and the cycles go to different places but repeat. And it will be interesting to see what will be the evolution in time from Madisonville and the Oklahoma. Is it going to expand? And if so, which direction will it go? But Ian, I wonder if you have gotten any feedback tonight from people who have said maybe that they have never seen these details before and that the Edgar Mitchell uh, statements at the end about governments covering up so many things that he associates with apparently as being an astronaut that he, he became convinced that we are in a universe with other life. Any comments about, in a strange way, how these two pieces go together? The mutilations go on. They are by another intelligence, not of Earth. And that he as an astronaut became aware that there were other intelligences beyond our solar system. Well, thank you, Linda. And the chat is already alive with people's theories and uh, ideas about what's happening. And we'll go to some of those in a moment. But yes, we're interested to hear if anyone else wants to post anything up, particularly if you've got personal experiences. Uh, we do have one here that says, um, it's from I Can't Explain. He says, Ian, from personal experience, I know that they, and I'm assuming he means the ETs, 
do use cloned cattle wombs for gestating different species to birth. Please ask Linda what she knows of that. Thank you. I have heard others in the abduction syndrome say that they associate the extraction of fluids, genetic material from animals and from humans on earth for the creation of camouflage or the creation of bodies that they can then inhabit and or use as gestation bodies for hybrids or the creation of hybridized life. All of that could be true. Some of it could be true or none of it could be true. And that is one of the areas that is the most difficult of all to try to understand what the facts are because whatever humans on the planet in whatever agencies know the true answers to that question. The policies of lies and denial, and I say those words respecting the country that I live in, but there have been policies of lies and denial since World War II. And we're now in 2023, and we're going to eventually have humans going to Mars and the moon base moving out into space. And it seems uh, incomprehensible to me that we as a population on this planet who are the same fellow beings with those that have the control, the power brokers who are controlling what is happening in the interaction with other beings and who have kept control by keeping the information to themselves. I pray that we're not going to continue to go on into this century without being told the whole truth, introduced to the beings that they feel are allies, and learning about other life on other planets, because I know our government knows that that is true. And so when I'm asked a question like the one just asked, Nobody is giving me answers to those questions. Nobody is giving answers to those questions to any of you or to any of this whole planet. And yet the phenomena in all of its complex facets keeps going on and on and has, and I take seriously, and I hope that you all will take this in and think about it and do some study in Wikipedia or wherever you want, that figure, 278 million years ago, that three competing extraterrestrial civilizations were either in allyship, some of them, or in conflict on this planet over using this planet as a laboratory and creating through genetic manipulation a variety of life forms and then continuing to work an experiment with those genetic manipulations. And that's why Cro-Magnon Homo sapiens sapien is in a line of evolutionary experiments as it's been described to me. And we were not in this final Cro-Magnon, well not final, 
in the current evolving Cro-Magnon Homo sapiens sapien form until the crossfade with Neanderthal, and that was 45,000 years ago. If you go back, do studies, look at the beautiful graphics that a lot of universities do having to do with the timeline and evolution of life. When you go back to 65 million years ago and you have the wipeout of 90-some percent of Earth life, including the dinosaurs, and you go to the right of that event in these timelines of life, it always has impressed me that one of the things you find is a vertical line after the wipeout of life, a vertical line, and what was that vertical line? Mammals. Mammals. And within mammals are Homo sapien. So maybe current humanity, no matter what the power broker status, Maybe they don't have all the picture either, but they have more than you and I. And it just seems to me that all of us, you, me, everyone who is interested in facts and truth, that we keep trying to find some, I guess I want to say, some way in the politics of Earth to help the governments tell the truth. And that way, we could learn faster as a species. And I have been told by people in the abduction syndrome just in the past few months that some of them feel it is absolutely critical to the survival of humans for us to be told the truth, that we are not alone in this universe, that many other advanced intelligences come and go. Many are neutral, some are friendly, and some are hostile. I've done whole presentations at conferences that many of you have written me about, and I know that you have come, and you've asked a lot of intelligent questions. But bottom line, none of you are hysterical. None of you are falling to the floor. No one that I know that it asks lots of questions about other life in this universe. No one is upset. Nobody is screaming. Everyone wants to know more. And that is where the governments and the people on Earth today could come together in an introduction of the neutrals and friendlies that I understand are the tall whites and at least three species of nine species of Nordics, but I don't have all the answers to who is friendly, neutral, and hostile either. That would come from our actually getting past the, what we call the glass wall between the power brokers of Earth and everybody else about the truth of other life in this universe. And that glass wall, to me, uh, weakens. It weakens humanity. It weakens us as a species to not know the whole truth. And my own prayers are that if we were all told the whole truth and we understood everything about why animal mutilations, human abductions, uh, the facets go on forever, 
we might then see ourselves in a different light as human beings. And if we knew that we were made to do contributions to the universe, not self-destruct, not kill each other, maybe it would stop some of the internecine warfare and fighting. So I throw it back to you, Ian, to see what others are saying about whether they feel that seeing this, what I've done tonight, does it help in the sense of I understand more, therefore I want to learn more, and in learning more I can talk to more people, and the more people that can talk about this in a calm way, then maybe the future of our planet will move in the timeline, not from destruction, not to destruction, but to peace on Earth. So I'm curious what you all, what your reactions are. Well, we've also had people uh, talking about their own experiences of mutilations. Uh, Terry Britton says, my cousin had one cow mutilated last year. He checked them with my dad at sunset and all was fine. He went to feed them at sunrise and found it, plus all the cattle were spooked. Brisket and heart were removed, along with udder and lips removed. He must have intercepted what was going on. This was down a dead-end road and two miles from any roads and a half mile from the entrance. No tracks or trace. I've witnessed other weird stuff since 2018, along with missing dead deer, some herding other deer to my stand for harvest, but could only see polarised lenses, prescription sunglasses. I'm not sure what the last part means, but I reach out to Terry Britton and let us know where that happened. Uh, we'd be very interested. And if anyone else has any personal experiences of mutilations or high strangeness uh, around this topic, please contact us at earthfiles at earthfiles.com. And Ian, I received two photos of the classic mutilation, ear, eye, tongue, jaw, uh, th uh, three days ago. And this was from a man who lives in Oregon. And he said, I wanted you to see what I took uh, photographs of, and I got them, uh, I think, on Monday, and I think he had taken the photographs two weeks before, so it would be back in April. And he said, I took these photos. I run about eight miles every day or every other day. He said, and I'm going into backcountry where there's no one living. And he said, I like to do those runs. Linda, this is where I found these two clearly mutilated animals, took these photos, and sending to you with the concept that there could be lots of animal mutilations taking place in the back countries of all of the countries of the world and humans living where they live in various repeatable places would never know and would never find the bodies. So it suddenly raises the question, I wonder how many mutilated animals are harvested, that's the word I used, back in 1979 and 80, a strange harvest. And then when I did my large book, 
Glimpses of Other Realities, Volumes 1 and 2, uh, that the, I, I used the terms by then that I was dealing with an alien harvest, and that was that book I did, that if we could be introduced to the, all of the truth of what governments know, it might be possible, it, I'm saying it might be possible, that there could be a relationship that was made between the beings that harvest proteins and chemistries and genetic material from Earth to make some kind of a, an agreement with world governments so that farmers and ranchers might be able to provide five animals a year or ten animals and if a lot of ranchers did it and then there was money, it would be back in the barter system but the ranchers would not have to be uh, interacting directly with the non-human mutilators. I don't know, that may be too far, but the idea being that if, if, if things became true and we were had discussions all around the planet, then humans should be brought into agreements about animals and plants and genetic material. And that's probably what governments don't want and have never wanted. It becomes too complex and it feels like it's unwieldy. But if it doesn't go in that direction, then what will the relationship be of currently 8 billion Homo sapiens sapiens with a universe in which there are many other civilizations. And if it could all be open, then maybe there would be a new way, a new direction, that humans who wanted to not just be in military, humans who would like to be working on ships, starships, that can go to other solar systems, it could become viable. Right now, everything is so secret Reality is classified. We're not dealing with the truth about so many things. It, the whole planet feels concocted. And that's part of why I feel so, uh, I think, strong that all of you should get some keener insights into the realities that I understand to be part of a truth that they don't want to tell. And I think that's not fair. I think that's abuse of a whole species. So in that context, and getting uh, to where I'm going to throw it back to you, Ian, has anybody themselves in the chat today said that they feel that this is important work for me to share with all of you that I don't have to constantly be afraid that if I put out too much or show too much that people will be offended. That has always been a concern. It's the government's concern. What do you all think about what I did tonight? Let's spend these last few minutes on that. Well, The Strangest Dream says, this has been the most convincing show I've seen on the subject. I know it's real from experiences. However, thinking as a non-experiencer, this would sway me. 
Well, thank you. That is my goal to open up the truth, to keep opening up the truth and seeing if my fellow human beings who come to uh, the Earth Files YouTube channel and we now in what are our subscriber numbers? We're just under 240,000 subscribers at the moment. And if I knew that all 240,000 of you on the other side of this screen said, Linda, we need to understand this information. We are not going to scream over seeing some photos. Yes, please keep digging deeper into the more difficult subjects and not be afraid to try to bring some of that information here because you, 240,000, it's almost half a million people now, we're getting to that direction, that a half a million of you, by being here, you are saying you want to know more of the truth because that's what I'm trying to do. I've lived my whole life trying to understand and report truth. And if we do that, if you all can feel comfortable to send me, whether it's in a written letter, a typed letter, a typed email, something through the hard mail that's larger, whatever it is that you feel comfortable, if this could be almost like a clearing house, I have been exposed to so many facets and that we could occasionally try to open up some of these more difficult subjects. I think it could be valuable and that is what I care about. Is this valuable to you? It seems to me that we've got to get past classifying reality and having everything in saps and secrets and that Ian uh, one more is there a question that you have in front of you that you think would sort of sum up the questions that people might be asking tonight because I did deliberately work, use more of the time but next week I'm happy to expand Q&A is there we a have question? so many questions lined up here, Linda, that uh, we're going to have to bring some of these in, in their fantastic questions for next week. But I want to just give you the feedback from the audience. Right. Spirit of Anu says, oh, my gosh, Linda, more please of what you are sharing. Barbara 0611 says, nothing is off the table for me, Linda. I want to hear all you can tell us. Ethel Gordet says, not offended. You're doing well by telling us the truth. And Sue Grease said, we all need to know the truth. Andrew Rollins uh, who I'd really like to follow up with with his own experiences uh, from Florida, I believe, says, great evidence, share more. So thank you. So they, and the, the chat's rolling at the moment with it all, Linda. You've got so many people who are echoing those sentiments. Thank you, so. everyone, and thank you, Ian. And may I please say, um, I, I'm always uncomfortable about saying, go to the Earth File shop because that is not what motivates me. What motivates me is understanding the truth, reporting it and knowing that my fellow human beings want to read An Alien Harvest, Glimpses of Other Realities, Volume One and Volume Two, 
high strangeness, and mysterious lights and crop circles. Those are the books. And then the documentaries, A Strange Harvest, Strange Harvest, 1993. My uh, Antarctica, I still think the, my Antarctica documentary is tremendously important. Another whole area that we need to know the truth about. And uh, Gobekli Tepe, uh, a documentary I did on Gobekli Tepe. All of those are works that if all, let's say we get a half million and we all are familiar with everything that is in those four books, and those four documentaries. It then helps me to keep expanding because I then don't feel like I'm shocking anybody or scaring anybody. And that's what I mean about our becoming educated with each other together, which is what I feel this whole planet needs desperately in all countries. And I know people will say, but look at the war in Ukraine and all of the gun attacks and everything that is happening that feels like humans are self-destructing. My always, what I feel in my soul, if we humans on this planet were all brought together through a global introduction to the tall whites and the Nordics, and we began being able to talk with each other about truths that have happened to ourselves without being afraid of being called crazy or whatever are the, uh, the, the old uh, reasons why people wouldn't talk about what they saw and experienced. I really think that all of us would then be stronger in that half million. And if that half million are talking to another half million, then maybe just by going into and trying to share real truths with each other, and you can get your truths to me, and I will try to keep sharing as much as I possibly can, maybe we can help strengthen each other as human to human. Because if the governments and the power brokers still wanted to be kept quiet for another 10, 20 years. I, that's not sustainable. I think you would all agree, that's not sustainable. So let's go for sharing more truth. And that includes those of you out there who are in military, who are in aerospace, who are in medicine, who are in physics, who can get to me information, whether it's classified or in between or whatever it is. And then I can try to keep sharing pieces so that we are expanding the landscape that we are trying to investigate. And I think you already have had a feeling about this year of 2023 that I have an increasing number of people contacting me from many, 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 many directions. I find that encouraging. But the sad part is that all of these intelligent, brilliant people who know a lot firsthand about other intelligences, they're afraid to become public with their names, public in, in a lot of ways, because of all of the non-disclosure agreements and 
all of the you will be punished from here to hell freezes over. How do we get past that? Well, the one way I know is contact me. Contact me through Proton Mail, through Hard Mail, and, and let me at least try to keep communicating information as best I can figure out how to do it. And maybe we will have something that will have inertia, that will keep going. Avi Loeb, in his efforts to talk about Oumuamua as a possibly camouflaged spacecraft coming in to check this solar system. He has been the director of astronomy at Harvard University. He is a respected astronomer. When he started trying to hypothesize about Oumuamua, he has just been slammed. And that's astronomy. So open your minds. I guess want to share from your knowledge of experience and we'll keep trying to push more and more frontiers without fear and try to do it in a factual way so that we are dealing with actual true fact. That means a lot to me. And keep on expanding and the more we expand, the more it might help this planet that feels like it's struggling on some kind of a teeter. At some level, I really worry about what could happen. And another part says, keep trying to share with fellow human beings truth. No more classified reality. I really love all of you. I cannot wait to hear from Ian and get more and more of your comments. Next week, I will try to come back with what I hope will be the next step from having done this tonight. And please, please, do what the old Greek said. Look at your fellow humans, even when it's hard, as fellow beings. And that if we could see inside each other's souls, we would feel love for each other, not hate. I love you guys. See you next week.
for listening to this Earth Files podcast from the edges of science, environment, and real X-Files. Go to www.earthfiles.com to see more than a thousand Earth Files reports with photographs, drawings, and documents. And visit Earth Files every day, every week, for new reports and new podcasts. That's www.earthfiles.com. 